Hello, I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of HBCU. Joining me today is my special guest, Devin Bakewell. Devin graduated from Howard University. Devin, welcome to HBCU. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're, we are excited to have you. And so uh, you have an interesting background, but I want to just take people on the journey of your HBCU experience. So tell me, how did you select Howard University as your, as your HBCU? Yeah, so I went to Howard University in 2016. I grew up in L.A. And, you know, I'm an author and I've always wanted to write books about young black people. So, you know, I wanted to go to an HBCU so I could just really get to know the diversity of young black people and the people that I wanted to write about. So I went to Howard for um, a visit. I went during homecoming and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, it was honestly just I felt instantly at home there. And I always I know I was exactly where I needed to be. And, you know, it's been yeah. love ever since. So what was homecoming like at Howard University? I've heard some great stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Howard homecoming, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's really a great sense of family. Um, we have Yard Fest. We do the tailgate. Um so when I went for homecoming, I, I went during Yard Fest and you really just get to see the Howard pride, the HBCU yeah. pride and the black excellence of being um, and being at HBCU, which is honestly just the best feeling. Right. So take me back to your uh, freshman year, mm -hmm. first semester on campus. What was that experience like? Yeah, um, it was crazy. You know, I, I have a twin sister. So being um, going to D.C. from L.A., that was my first time, you know, being on my own. Yeah. So I lived in Quad, which is kind of the infamous freshman girls dorm at Howard. And it's almost 100 years old um, or older than 100 years old. And so um, I just loved it. I mean, the girls, what I've always said that I loved about Howard is the people that I met there. The yeah. girls that I met are still friends that I have to this day. And that's also when I really got into, you know, my writing my first book, Greater Love. OK, so now you you went across country, literally coast to coast uh, to yeah. attend school. How did being at an HBCU uh, help that experience or that transition? Yeah. You know, I think what made the transition so good was that my friends very quickly became my family. My teachers very quickly became mentors and people that I can confide in. And I mean, going to Howard, what I loved about it is you were so rooted in black excellence. People wanted you to do so well in whatever you wanted to do. And I just love that feeling. I felt it from the beginning when I got there. So who were some of the uh, professors or staff members at Howard that helped mentor you and make your uh, path to success possible? Yeah, I had, had many, many teachers at Howard. I mean, I think every single one has framed me into being the woman that I am today. I think I learned something from every single one of my teachers. And I mean, they... Every single teacher I had who was able to make my writing better was able to challenge me as an individual, as a woman, and ultimately help me become the person that I am today. So when did you de uh, develop this love for, for writing? Mm -hmm. oh, I've loved writing since, since I was in elementary school. It was honestly the first thing that I knew that I've always wanted to do. 
Yeah. So uh, your current book, Greater Life, is that is that your first uh, publication? No. So Greater Life is actually the sequel to my first book, Greater Love, okay. which um, it discusses a couple and a couple that actually falls in love at a fictional HBCU Truth University. And it really just highlights the HBCU experience and the diversity of black people that you get at HBCU. So give us a little just inside peek of the book so we can uh, peak the viewer's curiosity to go out and buy it. <laughs> yeah, so my book, it's fiction. It's not about me, but it is about a girl who travels from L.A. Um, to this fictional HBC in New York to pretty much escape her life. And while there, you know, she runs into some situations from her past, some that, you know, really help her and some that kind of make her struggle along the way. So it's about, you know, finding love and finding love in yourself and letting love in. And ultimately just about how black people need love and how we should hone in on love and just kind of see the world through this pink love lens and give more love. So what inspired you to write the first book? Yeah, I mean, when I was at Howard, it was kind of my escape. I, it's not about me, like I said, but I mean, every single break I had, every free time, I really was just a way that I channeled my energy and what I loved about going to Howard and all the people that I met there and the lessons that I learned along the way. So how did Howard um, actually strengthen your skills as an mm -hmm. author? Yeah, I mean... Howard strengthened my skills in, as an author because, you know, I was absolutely around the people that I wanted to write about. So while I was there in, you know, creative writing rooms, I had people that often challenged my opinion and my point of view and really made me see, you know, the Black community from such a wider perspective and see the diversity in our people. And, you know, I just wanted to get that in my books. I want people to see all the things that make black people so great. And so you graduated from Howard. Uh, take me on your professional journey. So what did you do after graduation? Yeah, so I graduated Howard in 2021, so not too long ago. And ever since then, you know, I'm still writing. I published my first book, my first book, my senior year um, of college. And then I published my second book, the year after um, I graduated college. And now I'm working as an editor for the Los Angeles Sentinel and doing journalism, which isn't um, as creative writing, but you know, I'm still telling stories and I'm still telling black stories. I work for the number one newspaper, black newspaper on the West Coast, and I'm still telling the stories of our people. So, yeah. Okay, so now Greater Life, uh, tell mm -hmm. me about that sequel to the to Greater yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. So Greater Life, it still follows um, the story of Ryan McKnight, my my main character and her love interest, Devin Baker. And it's really just about it hones in on the message of the first book, which is letting love in and watching it change you. But it really, you know, talks about greater love becoming a greater life, which is when you let love into your world, your life only enhances. So it talks really about that and about, you know, learning to love yourself before you can really love someone else. And so as, as it relates to your sequel, uh, mm -hmm. what was the inspiration uh, behind publishing uh, that particular book? Yeah. So with my first book, you know, it was a love story and I really wanted to put good, healthy black love out there and like get people to see it. But with 
my second book, I felt like my characters, they were young and in college and, you know, they still had a lot of growing to do and I wanted them to grow and I wanted people to grow with them. So my second book is ultimately leaning more into their own individual stories and the dreams that they had, because I feel like at an HBCU, you know, we're really influenced to go after any goal that we want to have. And I wanted that to be really shown in those characters. Right. So just kind of take a step back to Howard for a second. Uh, yeah. What was it about Howard that that you remember most and that you enjoyed most during your time there? Yeah, I mean, I always absolutely say the best thing that I got from Howard University is the people and the connections. I mean, when I was at Howard University, I did Jumpstart HU and I um, was president of an org called Sister Sister. And, you know, both of those people, I still have friends that I call family. And I, you know, those things really shape me to be the individual that I am today. So always the people, always, you know, being a certain, being a woman of service, you know, while I was in college, I feel like those are the things that shaped me. Now, are you involved with any social uh, activities now in terms of uh, community oriented uh, activities? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, being part of the newspaper, I'm so very active in my community. I'm a part of Mothers in Action here. And I'm also a part of an organization called Write Girl, where we um, mentor girls through writing and help them out and help them, you know, get more in touch with their writing and help them find their spark in different outlets involving writing as well. Why do you why do you feel that, uh, you know, community involvement and, you know, being able to have an impact on those that are coming behind you? Why do you feel that, that that's important? And how did Howard help uh, build that, those values in you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like being a part of the black community, our our history is so rich and important and a framework of who we are. And I feel like I got that in Howard. I mean, it's instilled in me from my family, from, um, you know, the roots of my being to my own, you know, college. And I feel like, you know, that's it's just instilled in me to want to carry on and follow after, you know, my mentors and have people follow after me and just continue, you know, teaching people. So what are, what are some of your goals in terms of, you know, future uh, books and publications? Do, do you have anything in the work or, or in the works or what do you plan to do in the future? Yeah, so I'm always, always writing. I love fiction. I'm never going to stop writing fiction. So I currently am writing a new book, a new series, and I'm also um, still writing in journalism in the newspaper. How do you feel, because you talked about using uh, writing to mentor uh, young young ladies, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you feel that writing actually can help young people in terms of from a mentorship perspective? I mean, writing is very, very therapeutic, but not only is it therapeutic, it's it's some it's evidence of our story. And I believe that, you know, as we get older, it's always important to have, you know, writing that we of our opinions, of our beliefs, of our own story to look back on and that we can also share with the people that we love so they can know that we've been through the same things. So who, who in your life, uh, whether it's a relative or a friend or professor, who, I guess, was most inspirational in, mm -hmm. you know, really helping you to develop as an author? 
as an author, you know, I guess I have two people for that. My grandfather, Danny Bako, I think he's always taught me to be very prideful in, you know, being black and wanting to write about and tell black stories and be very prideful in my blackness. So me ultimately wanting to solely write about black love and black romance and black joy comes from him. And, you know, I also have an aunt who really instilled in me, my aunt Brandy, the love of reading. And it was really the love of reading, reading a lot of different books and, you know, not seeing characters that I could see myself in not seeing a lot of black characters that made me really say, you know, I want to write my own book. So I would pick them. So if you had to uh, tell some young person uh, why they should consider going to an HBCU, some you know, young person of color, what would be some of the key reasons you would give them? I would say to go to an HBCU because it is honestly the only time in your life where you will be cultivated and hugged in your Black excellence. And I believe when you're cultivated and hugged in your Black excellence, it really allows you to hone in on what makes you great and your gifts towards the world. Because I feel like a lot of people say that, you know, HBCUs don't prepare you for the real world, but That's so not true. I feel like what HBCUs do is prepare you to be confident in your blackness, to walk into any room and be able to say what you can say with the pride and confidence of your blackness in yourself and your beliefs. And and yeah, that's what I would say. Well, you are a recent graduate uh, from an HBCU, so I know you are keenly aware of some of the uh, challenges that HBCUs have with access to resources uh, compared to the uh, PWI counterparts. And mm-hmm. uh, what do you feel are some of the things uh, that you can do as an alumni of an HBCU or a supporter of an HBCU to help bring better resources to those institutions that are so vitally important? Yeah, I mean, you can always donate resources, but I think personally the best way is to be actively engaged in your alumni, you know, community and still engaged in your school, we can always, you know, still directly help other students directly give back to our school, whether that be, you know, money, resources, advice, a lending ear. And, you know, I just think that, you know, HBCU, being a part of an HBCU is so, so important. So when you graduate, you shouldn't just leave it behind. You should always be an active community and the next generation following after you. And, and why should uh, a young person choose mm-hmm. Howard particularly? Oh, well, I may be a little biased, but, you know, Howard is <laughs> the best HBCU in my opinion. But, I mean, I love Howard. I feel like it is honestly one of those schools where they teach you business as much as they teach you fun. They teach you, they challenge you. And it's really an area and a place where you can, you know, you can get everything done business-wise. You can make the best friends of your life. You can have the best memories and you can really do it all. So, and I know you mentioned about homecoming earlier at Howard, um, what, what are the homecomings like, though? Give us an inside look at home, homecoming week. 
Yeah. So, I mean, homecoming week, it has so many fun things. We do a golf tournament, yard fest, fashion show. So I think it's really the... Now, what the is awesome- yard fest? You mentioned yard oh, fest previously. What, what is yard fest? Yeah, yard fest. It's a big concert where we have celebrities and different vendors come and you can eat, you can listen to music and people from all over D.C. come. People fly out from all over the world, alumni and then, you know, the students and even the teachers. So it's a really good place to just, you know, hone in on the family aspect of Howard and really see the sense of community and the Howard pride and even HBCU pride because people from other HBCUs come as well. And so what are the tailgates like at Howard? Um, tailgates are super fun too. It's another, the whole, the whole week is honestly just, it's kind of like a family reunion in a way, just seeing all bunch of people and, but tailgate, it's really fun because after the football game and, you know, it's always music, there's dancing, there's food, and it's really just a big, you know, family party. And so a lot of notable uh, individuals have, you know, obviously graduated from Howard, uh, you know, most recently, uh, that's been spotlighted as our vice president of the United States is a Howard alum. And so mm-hmm. when you were trying to make a decision about attending uh, an HBCU, did you hone in on Howard or mm-hmm. did you look at a variety of HBCUs and how did you kind of narrow your selection down to say, you know what, I'm, I, I think it's going to be Howard for me because the distance between, you know, where you had to come to, to get there just, you know, it's pretty significant. Yeah, so I did look at a few other HBCUs. I looked at Hampton, I looked at Morgan State, um, and I looked at Spelman, and I looked at Clark. And so what really I loved about Howard was I just loved the environment, and I feel like that's a really big thing. All HBCUs are great, you know, but it's really about the surrounding areas of where you felt home. And I, I loved the city environment. I loved you know, the campus, and I just loved everything about it. Honestly, I always say that Howard picked me when I got there. I have never, I loved LA and I loved my family, and a lot of people didn't think that I would leave, but when I got to Howard, I was so comfortable that I was kind of like, this is the place for me. So you didn't have any separation uh, or anxiety about just being so far away from your family because your family was still back in LA, correct? Yeah, yeah. All my family is mostly from L.A. Um, Separation anxiety, honestly, not really. I feel like the people that I met at Howard from the moment that I got there my freshman year, you know, I just had friends that I felt like were my family. And I I felt loved there and I felt supported there. And even when I did miss my family, um, you know, I always felt okay and I felt good. So tell me a little bit about your family. Like, you know, who, I guess, within your family unit uh, really inspired you to take that journey and and pursue your dreams? Yeah. um, I mean, my family's always been supportive, but I think going across the country to the East Coast was honestly my decision. Going to Howard was something that I kind of was on my way to, in high, to school in high school and I thought of, and it stuck with me. It was it was a God sent idea. So um, they always supported me, but it was me who pushed myself to go. Yeah, so do you plan on, um, you know, right now you're writing for the, the paper. Do you mm-hmm. plan on just growing in that particular capacity as a journalist? Uh, or do you plan to, to produce more, you know, more books as an author? Uh, what are your long-term goals? Yeah, you know, I I want to be an author. My long 
long-term goal is to write. Um, so I definitely, definitely have many more books to publish and get out there. As for the newspaper, you know, I'm happy where I'm at and I'm continuing to branch in my family business, which is the newspaper. And um, we're just kind of seeing where it goes. I'm young and yeah, we're seeing where it goes, but I'm always, always, always going to write for it. And about black people. And so what advice would you give a young person who's thinking about being a writer that may have that that love and that fire to to write? What kind of advice would you give them uh, just starting out Mm -hmm. down that path? Um, To just write, to get your stuff down on paper and to believe in your voice, because I feel like being a writer, that's one of the things that people often second guess is if their writing is good enough or if what they're saying is important. And I feel like you just have to believe in your own voice and you have to get it out there and you just have to be your number one cheerleader at all times, especially being a writer, because it's not an easy industry to be in. What, what is probably the most difficult part of being a writer? Um, I think that, you know, being, especially in the publishing industry, it's not a very black industry at all. And I think, you know, we're going through the ban on books right now with African-American books. And, you know, we really just have to fight for our own voices and our own stories and tell our stories how we want to tell them. So I think... I think fighting for that is the hardest part. Have you found uh, yourself getting discouraged or needing to, um, you know, get some encouragement to um, continue on in in the um, this particular business? Um, I find that when I need encouragement, it comes um, very quickly. The other day, I was in this panel with some other African American authors. Um, And one of them said that, you know, being a Black author is a form of resistance and the fact that people are trying to ban Black writing and we continue to do it. We show our voices as Black women and Black people and, you know, we're getting our stories out there and we just have to keep doing it. So, you know, that words like that uplift me to just keep going. And what are some of the things that you have encountered, some of the resistance or pushback to trying to push your voice out to the public? What, what are some of the obstacles you face? Um, I think the biggest obstacle that I face is people telling me not to write for Black people or for like all Black people. But I feel like, you know, I'm just writing for Black people and I'm not telling everybody to relate with me, but I hope that you can relate in some form and that you can learn from my words and this story. It may not be my story in whatever way that you can. So in other words, you have people telling you, for example, uh, don't make your writings geared 100 percent towards black people or African-Americans. They kind of want you to write more broadly for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I love writing about black people, so I'm never going to stop. (laughs) (laughs) so as you as you kind of continue and you you are just at the beginning of your uh your career obviously and so Mm -hmm. as you continue down this journey how do you plan to use your successes or maybe even your challenges to help bring others along behind you how do you plan to use that to, to help other people 
Um, well, for one, I plan on helping other Black writers who want to tell Black stories by just continuing to tell Black stories. I have no intention of stopping telling Black-on-Black Black love stories, Black joy stories, happy Black families, and, you know, Black people really making their way in this world. So I plan on giving good stories where Black people can escape from. And I also plan on, through these stories, hopefully, you know, inspiring other Black women through these stories to just continue living life and to continue living life with love. Right. And so, you know, uh, diversity, equity and inclusion is a big topic uh, mm -hmm. throughout corporate America, uh, even more so since uh, George Floyd. And so what you're describing right now is really at the forefront of why it's so important to have that diversity of voices and thoughts, etc. cetera. What, um, what is your feeling about diversity, equity, and inclusion, just in um, general? In general, I mean, I feel like all people need to be treated fairly. I feel like all people deserve, you know, the same opportunities if they work for it. And I feel like, especially with diversity, equity, and inclusion, we're seeing a big difference now in, you know, the hiring of Black people, more Black people, more inclusion. But we're also learning now that this really only happens every few years because when things like the killing of George Floyd happens, people kind of look in and we have to, they feel like they have to do it. So I just hope that it continues. I hope that it continues and gets more. I feel like I hope that we see more of it and you know, I just hope that we do that. Well, Devin, I appreciate having you on the show. It has been a joy and a pleasure. Uh, I look forward to reading your, your books, Greater, Greater Life and Greater Love. And Thanks. I appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to be on the program with me today. To my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.